Welcome to the Parents Coaching Parents Network with your host, M.H. Scott. This is a one-hour interactive talk show. We'll talk college recruiting, athletic scholarships, and much more. Here's your host, M.H. Scott. Hey, 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 good afternoon, folks. This is M.H. Scott, the host of the Parents Coaching Parents Network. And as always, I'm going to try to promise you a show that's... uh, Hopefully, we'll provide you some good information, or should I say some great information, because I think that's what we need round about now, some great information and some great insight. Uh, One thing I think we want to talk about today, and I'm going to focus on, and I got a guest calling in as well. We're going to talk about post-COVID-19. You know, what are we going to look at? What is sports going to look at coming out of this pandemic? And we're going to talk about everything from high school sports moving forward all the way through to the collegiate game. I ain't going to touch anything on, on the professional level because that's still up in the air. They know what they want to do, and it's all about money as far as they're concerned. But I do want to touch on high school sports moving forward to college sports, and I'm going to bring in an expert straight from the NCAA, that's going to give us that insight. But before we even get to that point, you know, we got to think about some things. We got to think about have our athletes been taking care of him or herself? You know, one thing I want to touch on from a high school and recreational level, you know, if things haven't been fully opened up yet, do we still need to have our athletes out there participating in some of these um, events that they have going on. You know, I was reading something on social media. And one thing that I've seen on social media, uh, folks was advertising having an upcoming tournament, AAU tournament. And, and, and I hate to put the bad name on the AAU, but that's what was going on. Somebody wanted to have an AAU tournament. And so as I looked at this AAU tournament and the information that they had provided, I noticed that many of the kids were young teens. And the first thing I said to myself is, well, if they haven't opened up and the the country hasn't totally opened up yet, why are we focused on having a AAU tournament or showcase or whatever they want to call it, exposure event, whatever they want to call it, for 6th, 7th, and 8th graders? Is it a situation where coaches are going to be out there and, um, you know, they're getting recruited for a college spot? What is the purpose behind that uh, event for a 6th, 7th, or 8th grader? Ninth graders to be realistic about it. You know, because the AAU circuit, for the most part, has been postponed or canceled. So these folks that are hosting these events, are they hosting it under the name of AAU, but realistically, it's a private event? You know, that's some of the things that concern me, folks. And then moving forward, these are some of the things that we as parents really and truly need to be aware of. It's not a thing that we can overlook or thing that we can say, well, hey, I need to get my child out there. 
No, this is something that we really and truly need to be aware of. If you are listening to us here on 92.5 or 104.9 FM through Praise Radio, you can also check us out at M.A. Scott on Facebook as well. And we will be broadcasting our shows later on uh, after we finish this here. And we will post them on Facebook as well. But I just wanted to touch on that little piece real quick and just ask that question because that's something that has puzzled me for a while now. You know, moving forward post-COVID-19, how do we prepare our children? How do we get our children physically and mentally ready? There's a number of things that they can do out there as far as um, exercises and drills and things like that. And even if they are going out to the court, outside court, or going to a park where they can run some drills, if we're talking about football or soccer or some other sport, hey, they can still get out there and safely work out and still be prepared for when that time comes. But I go back to, do we really and truly need to have our 6th, 7th, and 8th graders out there in this time or this challenging time? I would like to see our 6th, 7th, and 8th graders really focusing on maintaining those grades so when they do move on to high school there's not a question about what their grades really and truly look like that's something that we really and truly need to focus on and think about as we as parents move forward folks before uh we get ready to bring our guest up because i know he should be calling in here shortly before we bring our guest up i just want to give you a uh, quick lineup of what we have in store for you as parents of athletes. Well, today we're going to have an opportunity, like I said, talk to one of the assistant directors at the NCAA. Next week, we will have a Father's Day special. And I got a heavy hitter calling in, or hopefully he's going to join me here in the studio for this Father's Day special. Somebody that we all know here in the Hampton Roads area, And many of you may be familiar with them outside of the Hampton Roads area, but I'm going to leave it at that. Following that, on the 28th, we have a tutoring service, A-plus tutoring. Now, A-plus, they're going to give us some insight of things that we as parents can be doing with our children during this dead period. And this is a real dead period. We got the dead period, quiet period, evaluation period, so on and so forth when they're talking about the recruiting process. But I'm talking about this here dead period as far as education is concerned. So what are some of the things that we as parents can do? Who are some of the people that we can reach out to ensure that our parents, our children are maintaining their high level of academic standards? Following that, I'm going to bring in a three-time pro bowler, Mr. Gil Bird. And, and some of you can go out there and check out Gil's stats, but Gil has had a phenomenal year, or excuse me, I say phenomenal career in the NFL. A phenomenal career in the NFL. And he is actually a member of the San Diego Chargers Hall of Fame. So you might want to catch that show on July the 5th. July the 12th, 
we're going to have something talking about some training and uh, nutrition. So we're going to do that as well. But folks, that's just something I want to give to you and put out there for you so that you know how to keep track of what's going on here at the Parents Coaching Parents Network. One thing, uh, folks, this show is all about you. I didn't get a chance to go into any great detail last week, but this show is all about you, you as parents of athletes. This is my way of giving back and sharing my experience, my insight and the experience and insight of other parents. Um, you know, because we can only share what we have experienced. We can only share our knowledge. Um, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up here looking at, looking at this social media and, uh, that's what threw me off for a second because I had a, uh, text come in from my guests and I, I'm waiting to see, okay, what's going on here. You know how that go. We got to make sure we keep things on the up and up. So I'm, I'm going to get my guests on the line here real soon so we can make this thing happen. Caller, uh, hopefully we got you on there. Mr. Heater, are you on with us? Hello? Mr. Heater, are you on the line with us? This is Mr. Heater now. Hey, hey, what's going on, Trey? Not too much, Meg. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Glad you had a chance to call in and uh, join us this afternoon. Hey, I, I'm, I I'm can't going. Hear you? How about yourself? Hey, I, phenomenal, brother. Phenomenal. You know, it's just phenomenal just to have you to take your time out of your busy Sunday afternoon schedule just to come in and share with our listening audience who you are, and what you will be able to bring to the table to give them some insight on helping their children move forward. So if, if you would start out by just giving us a little insight of who you are and, and what you do, we can get this conversation started. Can you hear okay, yeah, Can you hear Go ahead. Yeah, well, I, can, I can hear you now. I didn't hear the first part of, of what you were saying, so I don't know if something's wrong with the connection, but I got you now. Go ahead and say it again. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I just want you to give us a little insight on who you are and, and what you do. Perfect. First of all, I want to thank you, MH, for giving uh, me and the NCA this opportunity to talk more, a little bit more about kind of what we have, what our our our, our model at, at the NCA Ability Center is, and what we're trying to do moving forward to help our student athletes. So, uh, my name is Trey Heater, and I'm one of the assistant directors of outreach and strategic partnerships at the NCA Eligibility Center in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, what our primary focus with Outreach and Strategic Partnerships in the Eligibility Center is, we are here to make sure all student-athletes, uh, parents like yourself, um, high schools, administrators, coaches, anybody who uh, are helping our young people as they navigate the high school and collegiate um, process, we want to make sure that they're aware of the NTA initial eligibility requirements and work with them so that we don't have any of our athletes slipping through the crack. We see a lot of our student-athletes who have the talent um, but we want to make sure that they know the requirements that they need to meet to uh, have the opportunity to play college athletics at the next level. So my primary responsibility is the Northeast region. So I focus well on New York, um, New Jersey, Virginia, Maryland, D.C. area, um, as well as Pennsylvania. So 
Um, before the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, my cohorts and I were hitting the road and working with schools and, and uh, different organizations to help spread the message of NCA initial eligibility. Uh, but now, obviously, with COVID-19 and everything taking place, we moved to a, a virtual format. So definitely excited to have this uh, radio show and this platform to be able to share our, our message a little bit more. Well, you know, I truly appreciate you um, reaching out and reconnecting the way we did through uh, another organization to make sure that we're able to get this information out. And like I told you earlier on, and I'm going to put it out here on the air so that uh, my listening audience will hold me to it. Hey, if we can get you on quarterly, that's going to be a great thing for us because we got a constant update on, you know, what the NCAA is putting out as far as how to help our children move on to that next level. You know, even if they don't get a chance to um, be that athlete that's going to play at a high division one level or whatever. But, you know, there's some other things that you may share on the air with us that will also help them moving forward in life. And that and that's a great piece by itself. So with, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to chime in there because that's image. That's pretty much what got me excited about this this role is because I'm a former college um, student athlete myself. I played football at Butler University here in Indianapolis. But I wanted to share the message that it's not Division One sports is is great, and uh, we have there's a lot of great universities and facilities and colleges out there. But that's not for everybody. There's a lot of great Division Two institutions out there. Division three institutions out there. So my, I always say, uh, keep your doors, your options open, especially as parents. Try, try to talk more about the the, the 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 amount of schools that are out there. And now let's not all put our eggs in one basket because at the Division one level, there are only so many opportunities, and we don't want our young people passing up opportunities just because it might not be the big time Division one look that they might be looking for. So I definitely did all what you said. I look forward to being on. Quarterly, especially like we said, with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, everything being so fluid right now, a lot of changes are being made. And as we head into the fall, who knows what it's going to look like. So we want to make sure that we keep um, all of our high school students aware, but especially you and the Parents Coach and Parents Network. So we appreciate it. Hey, we appreciate you. We appreciate you. So without further ado, we're going to go into uh, let's get in some of these questions in. You know, one thing that you mentioned talking about this COVID-19 and, and just some of the simple updates, you know, with the current um, situation, pandemic that we are experiencing, what type of flexibility has been applied to the initial eligibility? That's a great question, MH, and this is something that uh, me being a former educator myself, something that I was truly excited about and something that has increased my passion for college athletics even moving forward. Um, so some of the flexibility that we created uh, came about back in April 2017 and I'm sorry, April 17th. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen the, the frequently asked question document that went out to a lot of schools and a lot of organizations, but the staff at the NCAA eligibility center realized that hey, this is a different time. Uh, these are unprecedented times right now that we're going with, and we need to put some changes in place to not only help our student-athletes but help our high school community as well. So uh, some changes that have been made are the standard of evaluation has changed. I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, how we look at SAT and ACT scores for the spring and summer 2020 term has been adjusted. Also, the timing of 
documents and when things need to be submitted, um, our how we submit documents, our distance learning um, requirements have been adjusted, also past fail grades and what that looks like on the transcript and what that what that means for our student athletes, as well as what we call them subsequent classes. So yes, this affects our seniors that are graduating this school year, but what does this mean for our freshmen, our sophomores, and our juniors as well? So. Those are all things that I'm going to try to touch on while I'm on the air today. And stop me, MH, if you if you want to ask anything. But I'll start going through some of the different changes that we've made. So the first one was well, standard of evaluation. So um, our legislative standards are 16 core courses, 2.3 GPA, an SAT score that meets our legislation and that meets meets the sliding scale legislation. And then you have to graduate on time. But because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We adjusted that for the spring and summer 2020 term. So the standard of evaluation for spring and summer 2020 has changed to, for Division One to 10 core courses. And seven of those core courses have to be in English, math, science, or social studies, or foreign language. And those have to be completed before the seventh semester. And then the, for Division One, you also have to have, to have a 2.3 GPA to receive the flexibility. And for Division II, that's a 10 NCAA-approved core courses before the start of the seventh semester as well. Students have to have a 2.2 or higher core course GPA. And if our students, if students graduate in the spring or summer 2020 meet those um, requirements, then they have an opportunity to uh, receive what we call MH, the COVID-19 automatic waiver. All right. And what you don't notice with that is there's no test score that's required. So. The only thing that's required for the COVID-19 waiver are the 10 co-courses before the seventh semester and the 2.3 for Division One and 2.2 for Division Two. Okay, hold, hold that hold that thought right there, Trey. Hold that thought right there for a minute. Hold that thought because, you know, we got to step away and, and pay these bills, as they like to say. There you go. <laughs> and we're going to come right back, folks. So, you hear it, he's about to unload it, folks, so you need to go ahead and get that notepad while we step away for a minute and uh, take care of some real business, some other business, and then we'll be right back. Get your notepad, be ready to take some copious notes. We'll be right back. I need it! Hey, Sean! Let's go show, Dallas! Hey, don't go anywhere. The Parents Coaching Parents Network with your host, M.H. Scott, will be back in just a few moments. Have you always wanted to play the keyboards? How about guitar? Or electric bass or drums learn to sing you can with dr michael simon of anointed instructions anointed instructions is a school of music that promises to teach anyone who's not toned up to play by ear in fact he has over a thousand students who are proudly serving in area choirs and groups maybe you want to write a song music theory is essential he makes it fun and teaches you how to transpose an important musical skill Dr. Michael Simon has been in business for over 35 years and teaches only from a gospel music perspective. His motto, where the teaching is anointed and the students learn to play. There are three locations, Newport News, Suffolk, and Virginia Beach. You, the kids, the choir, practically everyone can learn music. Call Dr. Michael Simon of Anointed Instruction School of Music. Join him on Facebook. Here's the number, 272 My name is Alexandra Davis. I am the owner of Milestone. Milestone is a home-based community mental health support program. We service individuals with a persistent and recurrent mental illness, 
some of those mental illness include schizophrenia, bipolar, major depression. Here at Milestone, we offer mental health support services for adults. We also have intensive in-home services for children. We do outpatient for both children and adults. We have mentoring services for children. Milestone's mission is to help end stigma surrounding mental illness and also to help improve the quality of life of those individuals by providing support, training, and resources. The community creates the agency to be a change agent. So we help those individuals to become self-sufficient in their community. Milestone, the vision is greater than oneself. Hi, this is Donnie Gregory. I would like to introduce you to some of the most amazing water that I have experienced in my life. Kangen water, a Japanese term that means back to origin. I used to be 254 pounds. Now I'm enjoying 210 pounds on a daily basis. This water hydrates you on a cellular level. Your body absorbs 90% of this water. Regular bulk water off the shelf out of the faucet. Your cells only absorb 20%. Come on down to the Heritage Store. Get a three-week supply. No charge or either call me at area code 757-701-7121. And any questions that you may have concerning this water, you can give me a call. Area code 757-701-7121. Or come by the Heritage Store, 984 Laskin Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. And the water tastes great. Smooth, cool, and enjoyable. Come on down and get your three-week trial on us. I'm M.H. Scott, the founder of the Parents Coaching Parents Network and the father of Mike Scott with the Philadelphia 76ers. We are a network of parents who guide, assist, mentor, and elevate parents during their college recruiting process. If you have any questions with the recruiting process, the Parents Coaching Parents Network is here to support you. We will guide you, assist you, mentor you, and elevate you to the next level of college recruiting. You can reach us at Facebook at Parents Coaching Parents Network. You can also find us on on Instagram and Twitter at PCP Network, or you can give us a call at area code 757-372-6338. Again, you can reach us on Facebook at Parents Coaching Parents Network, Instagram and Twitter at PCP Network, or you can give us a call at 757-372-6338. Looking forward to hearing from you. The Parents Coaching Parents Network. Hey, folks, we're back. We're back. And hopefully you had a chance to uh, pick up that pen and paper and, and now get ready for these deep notes because I got on the assistant director of strategic partnerships. Is that correct there, Trey? You got it, MH. All right. We got the assistant director for the NCAA strategic partnerships. He's on with us today. Folks, when I provide the information, when we get a chance to get that information out there, this is information that's just readily being passed out at your schools. I have created this vehicle for the sole purpose of making sure that you get this information. I want you to have this information. You know, when I went through the process with my son, we struggled a little bit trying to get the information out there. I was knocking on doors and making phone calls, trying to find out who had the right information or who was going to at least provide me with the information that was going to be valuable to what we were trying to do. Not just some hearsay, not some fast-talking person trying to get a job at a, at a college program, 
but I wanted to make sure that I was getting information that was going to benefit my son at the end of the day. So I ended up reaching out to the NCAA. I ended up reaching out to other folks that had been involved in the process. I ended up reaching out to other parents. So my goal, my focus, my purpose with this show, Parents Culture Parents Network, here on Praise Radio 92.5, 104.9 FM, is to make sure that you get the information that I have been experienced and that I have been exposed to. Let's go back to our uh, guest today, Mr. Trey Heater. He is the Assistant Director of Strategic Partnerships with the NCAA. Trey, you still on with us? I'm here with you. All right. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Well, you know, before the break, we were talking about uh, the flexibility. We talked a little bit about um, what happens if that student doesn't qualify, you know. So I, I want to know next, let's let's talk about, hey, he qualified or she qualified. Who's responsible for submitting the transcript? That's a great question. Image and we we created some flexibility with this, with this during COVID nineteen as well. Usually, in a normal circumstance, the counselors or administrators, whoever's registered for uh, the staff member that's registered, would submit the documents for the students. And that's what we still want to take place if students, if um, school staff members are able to get into their buildings and get the transcripts and upload those for the student athletes. But if they are are not able to. We created some flexibility, and those we are actually accepting unofficial documents for the spring and summer 2020 term, and that's where um, students or parents can upload um, transcripts and grade reports and uh, things that need to be submitted for the initial eligibility process. They can upload those directly to the NCAA Eligibility Center, and they can send an email to ec-processing at ncaa.org. Say, say that again one more time. I got you. It's ec-processing at ncaa.org. So if you're out there as a parent, and uh, especially as the school year starts to end, I know students will start getting their transcripts and support cards and test scores and things like that. Anything that needs to be uploaded for NCAA pur- purposes, a lot of times the schools are able to do that, and a lot of schools still are, even with the COVID-19 situation going on. But if your school is not able to, or if you homeschool for some re- or, or a, a, have a specific circumstance, you can upload, you can email those directly to the NCAA Eligibility Center, and we'll apply those to the student's account that they're registered with. So that's another piece of flexibility and how we're getting, making sure that we get the documents that are needed to approve the students during this time. So the NCAA is receiving or accepting uh, transcripts from the individual athlete, if that's the only way that he or she can get it to the NCAA. Am I correct in saying that? You got that right. In a perfect world, we would love to receive it from the, um, like like we said, directly from the school or the staff members that are uh, registered with the NCAA Eligibility Center, and they do that every year by sending those to us. But with the circumstances, We've created some flexibility. If the only option is to send those directly from the student-athlete, then we'll take those from the student-athlete's email as well. Okay, okay. Well, you know, while talking about transcripts, um, one thing came to mind. Basically, this entire second semester, in many cases, has been wiped out 
or well, I shouldn't say wiped out because a lot of kids were doing online uh, work with their classes and also doing uh, informational packets that the school districts were submitting. But even with that, how do you really determine, well, the teacher's going to be responsible for determining the letter grade that they apply to it. But in some cases, they realize that they don't have the kids in the classroom, so then they decide to do a pass or fail. So how does that equate as far as uh, calculating a GPA or a potential GPA? This, this is a big and one that we got a lot of questions about as we were trying to determine what changes need to be made. And a lot of districts and schools reach out to us, hey, we're thinking about going to the pass-fail um, pass, fail for grading. What's that? How are you guys going to handle pass-fail moving forward? So this is something that we wanted to get right. And MH, I think we got this one right. But when it comes to pass-fail for the spring and summer 2020 term, and this goes for freshmen, sophomores, juniors, and seniors, any student, high school student-athlete who took courses during the spring summer 20 term, if they receive a pass or a P on a transcript, in a normal circumstance, we apply the lowest passing grade, which usually is a D, and they only get a 1.0 credit value, Woo. which in a lot of situations, that hurts the student athlete. But with the flexibility that we created, we're going to apply a 2.3 credit value instead if we see the P on the transcript, and we're going to make sure that the credit for the course is um, counts towards the student's 10 or 16 initial eligibility requirements to help them as they move forward through the initial eligibility process. So if we see that P, we're going to apply the 2.3, and if it if it uh, and give the student the credit value, as long as that 2.3 credit value uh, doesn't bring the student's GPA down. Oh, 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 oh. Let, 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 me, let me stop you right there, because I, I want to make okay. sure that I heard or I interpreted and, and want to make sure my listening audience interpreted what I think I heard. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I'm going to do some uh, fictitious thinking here. If, there you if, go. If, if I receive, if, if the child receive a D, which is, is like a uh, one point on, 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 on the GPA scale. Yeah, you're going to get a 1.0 credit value. Okay, 1.0 credit value. So, but... Because the teacher said I passed the class, my letter grade is a D. But I can also I can I can take the D, or I can choose to take the P or the F, the pass or the fail. So if I take the P, the NCAA is going to give me a minimum of a two point three. Am I correct in saying that? It, it, let's just make sure we're on the same page. For the most part. The districts or schools are saying we're doing all pass fail or we're doing all letter grades. Okay. So if the district school says we're sticking to our letter grades, then we're going to take whatever letter grade MH that's on the transcript. If the ah. district or school says we're doing pass fail, then we're going to apply our pass fail flexibility to the, the student situation. There are some situations out there, MH, that some districts say, well, we're going to, we're going to apply pass fail or, or uh, a letter grade. And then in that situation, you could have some flexibility in there. Well, I might have a D, which would give me the 1.0 credit value, or I could take the pass, which would give me the 2.3 credit value, which is going to uh, improve my GPA, depending on the GPA that I came in with. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, so during this same time period, this, this, this here uh, 
and and I, I I titled it as a dead period, but that's not the real term, and I don't want anybody to get that mixed up with the recruiting calendar. But during the same time period, the second semester, will that carry on to the class of 21, 22, and 23? So we call this subsequent classes. So this will, the pass-fail um, adjustments that are in place um, because due to COVID-19 will count for our freshmen, our sophomores, and our juniors, as well, obviously, for our spring and summer 2020 graduates. So any class that we see when these transcripts come out, either now or when these students graduate in the next year, a few years, when we look at the 2020 term, if we see that P, we're going to apply that uh, the pass-fail credit adjustment and make sure they get that 2.3 if it's going to help their GPA. If that 2.3 is going to hurt their GPA MH, then we're not going to apply the 2.3 credit value, but the student will get the credit for the course towards their initial eligibility requirement. So that's it. We're only going to use that 2.3 if it helps that student's GPA. If it brings it down, we're going to say we're not going to use that GPA, but we will still grant the student that credit that they earned for that course. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, now see, you got to listen, folks. You got to listen because he laid it out for you. So if your child's passing that class with a C, B, or A, then they're not even going to worry about it. They're just going to let you rock and roll with that uh, credit value. If your child it, it, it has that D and that option is out there, then they're going to go with the P. But if the option is not out there, they're going to go with whatever the school district has submitted. Awesome. Yep, it may. Gotcha. And some advice for our parents right now is to reach out to your, school, your kids' counselors or coaches or athletic directors and see how are you guys handling grading for spring and summer 2020. Did we switch to a pass-fail? Are we still doing letter grades? And then that will give you a better idea about how the NCAA eligibility center is going to view your students' grades uh, for the spring and summer 2020 term. Got it. Got it. All right. You got us on track, brother. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Yes, so, so what happens, what happens if, okay, I don't like how this thing turned out and, and my child don't like how this thing turned out. So now I want to throw myself back in the mix and reclass. How does that affect you? Now, this we we put this in place, and major you you'll find this. Some of our juniors and and other classes are saying, "Well, I like I like the flexibility for the spring and summer 2020 graduates, so I'm gonna try to reclassify to become a spring of 20 spring summer 2020 grad." And what we're doing with that, we're saying these flexibilities with the SAT and um, the a lot of the flexibilities that are in place are only for students who with an expected graduation date of spring and summer 2020. So it depends on when you come into high school, if when you're expected to graduate. So if you reclassify and you aren't, you aren't supposed to graduate this school year, then you'll get received the flexibility for the pass-fail grades and for the distance learning requirements, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But you would still be uh, required to take the SAT or ACT um, and reach the 16 uh, core course requirements that are in place for the freshmen, sophomores, and junior classes. So some people are trying to are, are trying to not take advantage of the system, but are trying to say, you know what, let's see if I can reclassify and receive some of this flexibility that these seniors are receiving. But this is only for seniors that are expected to graduate spring and summer 2020 that are, are held to the 10 core courses before the seventh semester 
and the not worrying about having to take the SAT, ACT uh, for this school year. So that's a great question and something that I want to clear up because we have seen uh, the reclassifications out there. We want to make sure they're, they're aware before they reclassify what the requirements are, are still going to be for their for this class. Well, you, you know, that that just that conversation about reclassifying, that's altogether a different show. We can do a whole uh-huh. show on, on that by itself. But we're going to stay away from that for the moment and uh, get ready to go out here and pay some of these bills. We got to pay these bills, bro. We got to pay these bills. So we're going to get ready to go out and pay these bills. And then when we come back, we're going to prepare to uh, get this thing wound up. And hopefully we can open up the phone lines and get some of y'all to call in because I know some of you may have some questions. I'm going to give you that number before we go out. I need you to give us a call at 757-454-1650. 757-454-1650. After we come back from this break, let's go ahead and take us out. I need it. Hey, Sean. Let's go show, Dallas. Hey, don't go anywhere. The Parents Coaching Parents Network with your host, M.H. Scott, will be back in just a few moments. T-Town Barbecue. Good old-fashioned southern cooking, just like Big Mama used to cook. They've got an awesome menu, including turkey wings, barbecue ribs, fried flounder, pulled pork and chicken, and a whole lot more. Over 10 different flavors of wings, mac and cheese, cabbage, collards, yams, potato salad, coleslaw, and more. P-Town Barbecue, 2876 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth. Also serving vegan barbecue. Call your order in at 757-956-6133. Open Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m., weekends noon to 6. And if you need catering, call 757-956-6133 or visit ptownbbq.com. 2876 Airline Boulevard, Portsmouth. Cooking love in every bite. This is Teleza, the head chef at P-Town Barbecue. Come on down and get the best sweet potato jacks, apple jacks, and homemade lemon loaf cakes. You will not be disappointed. They are so delicious. We have the owner of Spiritual Creations LLC, graphic design and printing in studio with us, Mr. Willie Jordan. Tell us a little something about the business. We specialize in graphic design and printing. We custom design business cards, flyers, postcards, banners. We also design and print t-shirts and other promotional items. Regardless of the size of your business, we get the job done for you. We've been blessed to service the Hampton Rose area for over 10 years. We will sit down with you, get a detailed idea of what you are looking for, and we'll custom design a business solution to fit your needs. And what's your phone number? It's 757-537-3783. Mr. Willie Jordan, the owner of Spiritual Creations LLC Graphic Design and Printing. 537-3783. We are excited about working with you on your next business venture. Please give us a call so we can work with you to bring your vision to fruition. 537-3783. The Feeding 5000, Juneteenth, Andrew Shannon, Gospel Music Celebration. It's 12 noon Father's Day weekend, Saturday, June 20th at the Alley, 1000 New Market Square in Newport News. And it's free. Presented by the Andrew Shannon Gospel Music Celebration in partnership with Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Barry Davis Enterprises, Bowditch Ford, and the Alley in cooperation with Queensway Soul Cafe. Come enjoy a delicious meal served to go with celebrity servers. Newport News City Council. 
Council members Dave Jenkins and Marcellus B2 Harris III and the alley owner Barry Davis. Thank you to Roger and Peggy Winston, owners of Queensway Soul Cafe. And save the date for the Andrew Shannon Gospel Music Celebration Miracle Weekend, Friday, September 11th through the 13th with Jacqueline Carr, Luther Barnes, J.J. Harrison, and Youthful Praise. For more information, call 757-877-0792. That's 757-877-0792. I'm M.H. Scott, the founder of the Parish Coaching Parish Network and the father of Mike Scott with the Philadelphia 76ers. We are a network of parents who guide, assist, mentor, and elevate parents during their college recruiting process. If you have any questions with the recruiting process, the Parents Coaching Parents Network is here to support you. We will guide you, assist you, mentor you, and elevate you to the next level of college recruiting. You can reach us at Facebook at Parents Coaching Parents Network. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at PCP Network, or you can give us a call at area code 757-372-6338. Again, you can reach us on Facebook at Parents Coaching Parents Network, Instagram and Twitter at PCP Network, or you can give us a call at 757-372-6338. Looking forward to hearing from you. The Parents Coaching Parents Network. Hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. And folks, hopefully we have uh, shared some information with you that really and truly made you start thinking. If you got your child involved in sports, this this, this is no joke. This this is a real game. This is a, a real issue, a real concern. I need to make sure that you're up to speed and you become your child's biggest advocate. That, that's all we want to do is make sure we want you become your child's biggest advocate. You know, we're going to get ready to go to the phone lines here. Uh, I know we got somebody. Trey, you still on with us? I am. Yeah. I'm here waiting, ready for you. Okay, but I, I think they're trying to blow us up on the phone lines, 494-1650. Let's go to this first caller. Good afternoon, Hi, this, caller. This is Annette. How you doing? Hey, we're doing just great. How good. are you? I'm good. I'm good. I hope I didn't miss this topic. I have a question. On the NCAA transfer rules that are currently on hold, when do you think that's going to be back on the table as far as eligibility requirements? That's a great question, and I'm a I'm a be I'm honest with you. I'm a stay in my lane. So what I do is the eligibility center, and we handle how our high schoolers are evaluated and make sure that they are ready when they get on the college campus. We did have a meeting last week talking about the the different changes that are being made when it came when it comes to transfers and things like that. So there, all those discussions are still being had right now. We are still in the work from home environment, so we're, our committees are still getting together virtually and meeting and talk about talking about the different things that need to be made. So you can always go to our website ncaa.org and type in um, our academic and academic membership affairs or transfers and things like that. And that information regarding about the how where they are in the in the process for different topics and things like that. You can find all that there if you do some digging on the, our website. But those are definitely uh, discussions that are still happening right now. And it's been the virtual environment has been a blessing because it's allowed us to 
still be able to communicate and think th- through a lot of topics like like you mentioned um, and get those decisions made so that when sports do return, we have those in place. So those decisions are out there. I'm not exactly sure where they are in that process, but if you go to our website, you can find more information there. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your call. You know, but, but that, that just goes to show, you know, and just like you said, you're going to stay in your lane. You handle initial eligibility, and you place all your focus on making sure folks understand that piece. Folks, there are so many layers in the complexity to what the NCAA does just to get your child eligible. And then once your child is eligible, there's so many other layers that you need to be aware of. So you're going to have to tune in and listen to this show in order to get this information because we're going to bring it to you. We're going to share it with you. We ain't holding on to it. There's no reason for it. So as a result, tune in every Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. Trey, before we went to the break, you was talking about uh, the distant learning. Give us some insight on the distant learning piece. Yeah, it may. So this is a, a big one and um, something that a lot of student athletes have had the opportunity to take advantage of. So our COVID-19 automatic waiver went into effect on May 1st, so a little over uh, almost a month and a half ago. And over 25,000 student athletes have been certified with this COVID-19 automatic waiver. So that's a, definitely a blessing. We know COVID-19 was unprecedented and something we weren't ready for. But a lot of students have been able to uh, receive the COVID-19 automatic waiver and have the opportunity now to pursue their dream of playing college athletics at the next level. So I definitely wanted to make sure I mentioned that and make, want to make sure that you as parents make sure your students are aware of the requirements that they need to meet. When it comes to distance learning, though, um, obviously a lot of schools are in the virtual environment. All schools are in the virtual environment. And before, any non-traditional program or online program out there, Edgenuity or Apex or Michigan Virtual or Florida Virtual, any of those online programs, those would originally have to go through our non-traditional um, review, and our high school review, our high school review team would review those courses to make sure that those uh, programs met our NCAA legislation. And if they did, they made, then students would be able to take core courses on those online online platforms and use those towards their initial eligibility requirements. If we reviewed those courses and they didn't meet our legislation, then any course that a student uh, took on that online platform would not be able to be used uh, towards their initial eligibility requirement, and they would have to make sure they take the approved course at their school. But we know with COVID-19, we've created some flexibility. And now uh, distance learning or online programs do not have to be reviewed for the spring and summer 2020 term. So I want to make sure we all straight. Any NCAA-approved core course that's taken on a distance or e-learning program is going to be used towards students' initial eligibility requirements. So that's, if that's the seniors and they're working to get their 10, uh, 10 NCAA-approved core courses, or if that's for juniors, sophomores, and freshmen that are just working through your, their high school coursework, anything they, they take, take during the spring and summer 2020 term on a distance or e-learning program that hasn't been re- uh, reviewed, we're going to use those courses towards their initial eligibility requirements. So I've been telling a lot of people... Make sure you take advantage of, of this uh, flexibility. This is one where we see a lot of students before COVID-19 take online courses that aren't approved, and then they go through our process, and they might be a non-qualifier because they took courses that weren't approved. But with this flexibility in place, they're now able to use the spring and summer 2020 term to take these distance or e-learning courses without them having to be reviewed. 
And if as long as it's an NCAA-approved course, we'll use that towards their initial eligibility requirements. So that's a big piece that I want um, you parents to know so that as you guys are thinking about as we are heading to summer, what things might be out there for your students, that's something that that might be an option for you guys moving forward. You you wouldn't by chance have an example of of what type of courses you're talking about, would you? Yes, sir. So um, some of the programs that we see a lot of times are Edgenuity, um, Michigan Virtual, Florida Virtual, Apex, uh, there's some Edmentum courses. You can go, I mean, with, especially with everything going on now, there's a lot of different online programs that are out there. And sometimes the school will purchase those and, and offer those to students, or sometimes parents or, or, or guardians will see if there's any core courses that their students can take in the online format. So um, right now, as long as they're taking courses that are NCAA approved, so English, math, science, social studies, or any foreign language or any of our other approved courses, those are taken in the, the using one of those platforms. And there's a, a lot of platforms that we're not going to ask those plat, that those platforms be reviewed. We're just going to look at that spring and summer 2020 term. However, they took that course, we're going to look at the grade, apply that grade and credit value without reviewing that program. So that's a, a big change that was put in place that a lot of athletes have been able to take advantage of. We want to make sure student athletes know as they go through the summer, the options that they have available to them as well. And, and we, we totally appreciate you taking your time and, and sharing that information with us and uh, just really breaking it down and simplifying it for us. Folks, you know, here is a reliable source, a valuable source, a true source, if you really want to look at it from that perspective. And what I mean by that, a true source is coming straight from the NCAA. Not somebody that you met in the gym and just so happened to give you some insight on what they believe that your child should be doing or should not be doing, so on and so forth. You're getting firsthand information from the NCAA. Now, something I said a second ago is about as far as the complexity and the various levels. You know, we're only basically talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong there, Mr. Heater, we're only talking about right now initial eligibility. There's several other pieces that we need to be aware of, we need to be in tune with, we need to have an understanding of, not to mention a whole nother category when you start talking about NAIA schools. Mm-hmm. That's an altogether different conversation. But oftentimes we as parents, we get it mixed up or we get it confused because we talk about college recruiting and a, a school reaches out to our child and we're not even sure if that school is an NCAA member institution or is it an NAIA member institution. So you have to be able to understand and know the difference between the two, first of all, and then look at the basic requirements. And and when we talk about the basic requirements, Trey, and and hopefully we can uh, do this as we prepare to wind down, talk about the profile page and the certification uh, certification uh, uh, pages that we can do or 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 I, I've got my terminology wrong but it's, it's in my head it can't come out right now but you know I'm what I'm talking about so for student for student athletes to register with and especially as we head into summer we have profile pages two different account types we have profile accounts and certification accounts okay for our middle schoolers that are out there, we say sixth, seventh, eighth grade, even uh, incoming freshmen who might not be sure 
hey, I don't know if I want to play sports at the collegiate level. I'm interested, but I don't know the type of athlete that I'm going to develop into or if I'll be recruited when I get to sophomore, junior, and senior level. So an option that that those student athletes have and that we uh, we are pushing heavily are profile pages. So if you go to ncaorg slash eligibility center, you can go online and register for a profile page. It's free to anybody that registers, um, and it allows you to input just basic information, your name, what school you attend, what sports you're interested in, and it gets you it gives you a um, a student student ID number so that we can as you go through the recruiting process you have a student ID ID number. This is something that a lot of college coaches are asking for now. What's your NCAA ID number? If you have a profile account, you can give them that ID number so that they know, hey, this kid is or this student athlete is serious. He's already registered with the NCAA. So we're asking and pushing that our young student athletes, even as they are they, as they're in middle school going into high school. Register for that profile, profile account, and that way you can start working with the eligibility center. And we call ourselves the door MH. Like you said, we've got enforcement, we've got academic and membership affairs, we've got championship, we've got a lot of different complexities at the NCAA. But it, it all starts with the eligibility center. If you want to play at the next level, you've got to go through the eligibility center. And we're working night and day providing resources and uh, customer service to make sure that parents and student-athletes know the requirements that they need. So that profile page is going to get you registered early and allow you to start receiving information and completing tasks that you might need to reach the initial eligibility. And then once you get to the sophomore, junior, senior level, you can transition your profile account into what we call a certification account. And any Division One or Division Two student-athlete has to have a certification account. So think about your Virginias, your Virginia Techs, your Alabamas. All those student-athletes that are playing there have a certification account that they created when they were in high school. And that way we were able to get their transcripts, work with their schools, work with their parents, um, and make sure that they met the initial eligibility requirements to make that they were prepared when they got to their college or university. So that profile page is, uh, is important, um, something that we, we encourage a lot of people to take advantage of. And then if you start with a profile account as, as you go through your high school career, you can transition that to a certification account so that you're able to compete at the Division One and Division Two level. And we, cho- we, we, we totally appreciate you taking the time once again out of your busy schedule to join us here on the air. You know, our, our time has come and gone, and it's been a wonderful and a very quick hour, uh, should I say. Uh, although the phone lines wasn't blowing up, but I think it was just uh, enough to get information out there and have folks understand that we here at the Parents Coach Parents Network is here to provide you with a service, folks. We want to make sure that we can guide you, assist you, mentor you, and elevate you to the next level as your child's involved in sports. We want to thank our guest, Mr. Trey Heater, Assistant Director of Strategic Partnership with the NCAA for joining us today. Thank you, Trey. Thank you, MH, for having us and looking forward to the next time. Before I get off, you guys can reach me at theater at ncaa.org or you can go to our website, ncaa.org, eligibility and slash eligibility center, and you can find all of our tips and resources there to help you as you navigate the high school process. Gotcha, gotcha. And if you didn't catch all that, hey, reach out to us here at the Parents Coach Parents Network page. You can find us on Facebook at Parents Coach Parents, Instagram and Twitter at PCP Network. Hey, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been real fun. So until next Sunday, Father's Day special Sunday, 
Hey, we out of here and you have a great weekend.